In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's show. Folks, you got to know this. On almost every platform that I see and hear, the message is this. Just because we are physically separated doesn't mean that we cannot be emotionally connected. And we believe that. We believe this is true. Having an engaged and loving community is a real benefit for individuals and for families, of course. Especially when you add in the effects of COVID-19 on our society, the need for connection and care is just critical. Well, joining us today are two individuals who provided that love and care for their community before this crisis and continue doing that very thing now through this crisis. So we want to talk about it. And of course, you know the drill to get us started, to get us going, to introduce our guests for today is my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Man, it's good to see you again. And I mean that. I mean, it's, I just, I miss folk. So it's good to see you, my friend. I love you. Yeah, I love you too, my friend, and uh, eventually this too shall pass, Amen. but in the midst of what we're in, there's still lots of opportunities for the gospel to move forward. Amen. Um, history has told us uh, that there have been challenges and hurdles and difficulties all throughout um, just time, but even in the midst of those challenges and difficulties and hurdles, the gospel, the truth about who Jesus is, can still be put forth. It can still go forward, and and so today, as we've been doing a lot uh, on these shows where we've been highlighting ministries is what we do here in Good News for the City, but we've been talking in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic about how, even in the midst of the differences and the unprecedented situations we find, that we can still move the gospel forward in, in highlighting ministries. Today, uh, we have two people uh, right here in our virtual studio, not typically at the WABA studios we do it at in Arlington, but virtually here online. Uh, Steve and Diane Anderson that are going to be talking to us about a ministry called Apartment Life. So, uh, Steve and Diane, thank you for uh, zooming in. I guess is the best way to say it today with us is uh, we're going to talk about this. And let me take a moment, if I can, to let our listeners know a little bit about who you are, your background, uh, and then we're just going to kind of dive into our subject for the day. Uh, Steve and Diane, they've lived in Northern Virginia now for close to thirty-five years, which is in Northern Virginia, if you know much about it, that's as close to being as someone born and raised here as typically you're going to get. Um, a lot of people come from other areas, and they've been here for 35 years. This is where they met, they married, they raised their five children in Great Falls. Diane currently works for United Airlines, but prior to that, she was on the ministry staff team at McLean Bible Church for over 10 years. She was the founder and the director of Access Ministry, which is an outreach to hundreds of children and adults with disabilities and their families. Steve, he is retired from a 35-plus year career with the Department of Defense, and he is currently a government contractor. Now, a few years ago, 
as their kids began their own lives, going to college, moving out, starting families, having careers of their own, all of that, Steve and Diane began sort of looking for ways that they could intentionally live out the call that Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor, right, as yourself. They began to, to look at that, and through friends of their kids, they heard about a ministry called Apartment Life. And so this is what they decided to do. They decided to sell their big family home in Great Falls and apply to be a part of the Apartment Life team. And so now for the last three years, they've been a part of Apartment Life, and they are currently serving the residents and staff at Falls Green Apartment Complex in the city of Falls Church. As an Apartment Life team, they build community through acts of care and fun. Uh, They also host high-impact events. They connect residents with each other and the greater community around them, offering love, compassion, and they meet the practical needs in a transformative way to individuals and also to the community as a whole. So, Steve, Diane, thanks for joining us here on the show. Uh, I'm excited. I know a little bit about apartment life. I I know maybe some of our listeners do or don't, uh, but uh, you're going to get a chance to tell us about this great ministry uh, that's all throughout the United States, but specifically here in the Washington metro area. So um, whichever one of you want to go first, it's fine. Uh, Steve, Diane, tell us a little bit about, for those who may not be familiar with apartment life, what it is, explain it a bit, and what it is that that you do uh, in the apartment life ministry. Yeah, it's good good to uh, be here. Uh, apartment life, like you said, it builds community within apartments across the, the nation, and it mm-hmm. helps neighbors to build friendships. Uh, we really are facilitators of that kind of a, a relationship, and we help bring neighbors together. We uh, do that through big uh, big events and small events. Yeah. And so we have a lot of fun uh, getting, getting them together and enjoying uh, their company. Um, the organization seeks to match apartment communities uh, with teams. And so we're a couple, um, you know, obviously we've been married a long time. Uh, there's others that are singles that are put together. Mm-hmm. And so they all are, are very effective. Uh, they work together and, and we have a good time uh, getting to know our neighbors. Yeah. And so, you know, I think Dennis has alluded to this a little bit already, this idea that we can live amongst people, but still be very lonely or socially isolated. Uh, And a lot of times, uh, especially in apartment complexes or neighborhoods, maybe like you live in Great Falls, I live out here in Ashburn, Virginia, just because people are around others, it doesn't mean they're connected. And certainly there's a deep-seated need for connection that's in the DNA in all of us that God has created us. And, and so apartment life kind of comes along, and it finds people like you and your wife, um, or it finds singles like that sort of stuff, and kind of launches them into that apartment ministry or condo ministry, whatever it be, to kind of help make those connections, right? That, that's one of the things that, that you, you love to do. Did I follow that correctly? That's exactly right. All right, well— so, I mean, what I think is interesting about your story is you, you know, you've made it clear. I think some people can do math that, you know, if you've been married 35 years, unless you were married at five years old, you, you know, you're, you're probably at a particular age where you could make different choices uh, than deciding to move from what a lot of people consider to be the goal, a single family home and have it all right, back to a place into an apartment where many people truthfully say, I'm looking to get out of an apartment and that sort of stuff. You've sort of done the reverse. Uh, in that way. That's a transition. Describe what led you particularly as, as a couple to say, hey, we want to leave this neighborhood, this place that we had been for some amount of time, 
and now go back and serve in this way? Well, as you shared earlier, we raised our five kids in Great Falls. We loved that home. Uh, it was full all the time. As you can imagine, with five kids and all their friends, we would yeah. typically have dinners of 30 to 40 kids in the house. We hosted Young Life Clubs. We, it was just loud and big and fun. And um, as the kids started leaving the nest, we, we were like, wow, it's getting quiet in this big old house. And, mm. and we just began to pray about what God would do with us in our next coming years, you know, ever how many there would be. And, uh, and when we heard about apartment life, we were like, we got to sell the house. You know, we got, and our kids were shocked. They were like, what are y'all doing? You know, but, um, but then after they heard about it, they're like, of course you and dad are going to go do that. You know, like, and we just wanted to go all in and be involved in um, just daily intentionally reaching our neighbors for Christ. Yeah. Now, COVID-19, this is not new information. Anyone listening has changed so much about the world. Uh, and I, it's never going to go back to the way it was, but there will be a new normal at some point where you're able to engage uh, your apartment complex and that sort of stuff in a way that maybe you had before with a few twists or whatever. For people who say, okay, so you've moved into this community, you're trying to help people connect in that way. What are some things that, that maybe pre-COVID-19 that you did that were you found impactful, both for just the connection and the relationships of people around you, but also for the cause of Jesus Christ moving forward? Well, like I mentioned, we had uh, you know, a number of big events and small events, which mm-hmm. my wife is a wonderful cook, and I don't mind uh, getting out on the grill. So we'd have cookouts outside. We'd have uh, uh, big dinners where we made jambalaya one time. We had chili cook-offs. Uh, we have lots of, of big things. Uh, one of the things in our, that we really, uh, our community really has had tied into was bingo. They love doing that, but we've had... Okay events yeah they love bingo and we have you know we have silly prizes um you know nothing like a hundred dollars or anything like that more like uh you know just something something to eat maybe mm-hmm. well i honestly since you've been saying jambalaya i've been hungry so uh I, I, if you were giving out jambalaya i'd be playing bingo for certainly yeah what are you doing steve why are you messing with us man yeah there's, no re- there's just no reason to do that man we're ready for dinner or lunch or whatever it might be We'll have to have you over. <laughs> All That'd right. be cool. That'd be very cool. Yes. So you just found ways to, to draw people out. And, and again, you mentioned food, for example. And, and basically from what I heard you say, Diane, earlier, you were kind of used to throwing parties anyway. Um, it just, uh, instead of for your five kids and the 30 or 40 people that would come to your house in Great Falls, you just kind of, you took the party there uh, to Falls Church in some ways. And, um, and you made those connections. But obviously COVID-19, uh, you know, the shelter in place order that we're still under at this particular time or, you know, social gatherings under 10 people or eventually under 50 people and trying to stay six feet away, all the different things that, you know, happen, whether you're in Maryland, DC or Northern Virginia, when you listen to this, um, those have kind of changed some things. So talk to me about how even in the midst now of this differing scenario that we find ourselves in, you're still able to, to make those connections. And let's just say this, even the need for those connections even more. Well, exactly. I mean, like one of our last events that we had pre-COVID was a Mardi Gras party with like Mm -hmm. over 200 people gathered for that jambalaya. Wow. So, I mean, we knew when this basically just overnight changed uh, 
here at Falls Green, the management team, because of everything shutting down, they also had to shut down all the public areas and um, any of the events. So as everything was shutting down and, and they were going to virtual office hours and things here, we were thinking they're all pulling back. How, how do we as a team lean in? How mm-hmm. do we lean into these neighbors and be there for them? And, mm-hmm. and that's looked a lot different. Um, but God has really uh, given us so many opportunities to uh, talk to neighbors. We had a Facebook resident page that tripled in size uh, the week that this all happened. Um, and we added like 90 to 100 new members to this Facebook group. Uh, and that's been out there for a long time, but people that just went to show us people need community, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's a, I think that's a great point that you're making, uh, Diane. I think we can, we can fool ourselves uh, that we don't need community when uh, it seems convenient and that makes sense. But when we find ourselves in this COVID-19 scenario, it really does bring a spotlight to how God has made us. Whether we want to recognize God made us or not is irrelevant. How God has made us to be in community and to step in and to do that. A, you know, even in my own neighborhood, I'm now seeing more people just out taking a walk who are willing to just they'll stop and talk about anything, right? Before where everyone had a place to go or something to do. Now everyone's like, well, what is today? Is today Monday? Is it Thursday? I don't know what day it is. And they're all the same. And so it is in many ways opening up this relational aspect. Um, and so as people who, who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you offer even something greater in that way. And so talk about, if you would, sort of this sort of process, I think, that, that can often happen between you know, seeing obstacles of reaching people, you know, and you know, how do I connect with someone and those sort of things to actually walking it through, not seeing people as a program or a project, but actually being able to execute, share with them, uh, care for them. And then eventually, as God opens the door, uh, talk to talk to them about the idea that, that God loves them, too, not just, uh, you know, Diane and Steve. Well, I think there's some practical things. You know, I've, yeah. I've said frequently, Diane and, and I both have said Zoom has become our, our closest friend. We're thinking mm-hmm. God that he put it in the mind of whoever the inventor was to uh, invent Zoom because it's been a great way of being able to get lots of people in your living room uh, without them physically being there. And in fact, you know, visitors from, we use Zoom to get in touch with our our own family who are spread Mm -hmm. across the United States. Yeah. It's a a great opportunity. So we've had things like uh, we used to have, have, uh, you know, social, you know, social distancing is the problem. So we have Zoom, we use, uh, you know, we've had, obstacles in the past where money has been a problem and we've gotten donations to help us out. Uh, we have, we go and find people who need shopping, you know, that can't get to the grocery store. A lot of the elderly people here don't have cars or, um, you know, they used to have a shuttle or buses around and those have all cut services too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Try to match uh, volunteers to come over and, and help them uh, just pick up extra groceries, take the grocery list. Um, you know, the idea of, of us getting out to people and, and uh, you know, using our, our masks and our gloves, but, you know, that doesn't cover our hearts. We've got to get out there and, and help people and love people. Yeah. So these, if I could just ask real quickly, these apartment complexes that you're at, this Falls Green, I guess it's called. Um, is that correct, Falls Green? Yes. yes. Yeah. 
So <clears throat> are these apartment complexes built just for this? Or do you ask the apartment complex to be involved in their complex, for example? Right. The owners um, of apartment communities across the United States are um, seeking out ways to connect their residents and get them involved in the community around them and make um, the living situation so much better. So that's where Apartment Life started in Texas, and now they put teams and apartment communities all over the United States. Okay. So the owner here at Falls Green sought out Apartment Life and said, hey, we want to have a team here, and that's how Steve and I got here. Praise God. That's yeah, if I remember correctly, and Diane, see, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that research is shown sociologically that uh, the owners of the apartment complexes, when there are people in there, uh, like what you're doing, helping people be socially connected better. It's actually a better business scenario for them as well because they have better retention in their apartments. They have less turnover. They have less vacancy. They have less difficulty and challenges. That In, in many ways, it's, it's a win-win for everyone. So it's not just, a, hey, we're moving the gospel forward with this, which is the most important thing. It, it's actually a pretty good business idea in regards to people that own apartment complexes. I, I'm saying that because there may be someone right now who owns an apartment complex who's listening or connecting, who could use some of the benefits of apartment life. Did I remember that correctly? Absolutely. absolutely. Yes. And there's another benefit on that is that people who like their communities tend to take care of it better. I Mm, mean, yeah. Myself, you know, picking up pieces, you know, gum wrappers that are blowing around in the wind because I want the area to look nice. It's not just a temporary place. I'll live for a few months and then, you know, scoot off to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. This is my home and I want to keep it. I love how that, that use that word home. You're taking it from a place that you live to a place that's your home. Uh, and, and just because you live someplace, it doesn't mean it's your home. But when you live someplace and it's your home, it, it, it changes something significantly. Now, for you, um, this is, we'll use the term mission field for you. Uh, the, the book of Acts chapter 17 is a really great section of scripture uh, where Paul is talking. And he's saying that, that God has placed a particular group of people right there for a particular time and a particular purpose. Uh, if we use some Bible terms, we call it like a theology of place, that God places people uh, uh, in a particular place. For you, God's placed you right there in there. What does or does it at all change the way you interact and live every day when you see where you live as a mission field instead of a place that you go to get away from everything else? Oh, it's it's incredibly different for us as we walk out our door into the hallway Uh, as we see people in the elevator or in the lobby or in the parking lot going to our car or in the courtyard over by the pool, we start up conversations with everybody. If we haven't seen you before, or even if we have seen you before and we're just checking in to see how you're doing, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it changes the way that you do everything. When you look at the place that you live as your mission field. Yeah. Something apartment life has taught us. We will definitely never, be the same type of neighbors we were. We were good neighbors in Great Falls, I think, but not to the extent that we are here. That's for sure. Yeah, there's a there's a level of intentionality, I think, that comes in our life when we begin to think in that way. Now, um, one of the things we love asking here on the show is, uh, is there like a story or something you would like to share with someone or our listeners say, hey, look, because God put us in this place and we were just obedient or doing what he's asked you to do, how where someone's life was impacted. It doesn't mean, you know, change forever, but, you know, some impact of what you're doing you'd like to share. 
Well, one of my favorite stories I'll tell on Steve. He doesn't like to tell on himself too often, but uh, we first moved into Falls Green. Uh, we, we always put our phone number and our email out to everybody, and we wrote a note, and the management team sent it out saying, hey, Diane and Steve are a new apartment life team. If you need anything, give us a call. And our first phone call was from a, a young dad named Young who had been in the area for three months from China. And he was getting ready to try and go back to China because he said his experience in the United States was so horrible. Mm. Um, and he said, I'm a single dad with two kids. I don't know what to do. Would you come visit me? And we're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've had, we've had five kids. We, we know kids. We've got that, right? Yeah. And um, his, you know, just his whole experience, he didn't have one friend in the U.S. Mm. So we began this friendship with him over the next month. As he was preparing to go back to China, uh, we began to walk with him through that. And Steve uh, was retired at the time and was able to give him rides everywhere and if uh, everybody that knows my husband knows he hates driving into dc and young needed to be taken to the embassy multiple times in dc so mm. steve sacrificially gave and drove into dc multiple times with young and his two children and um helped him through that whole process yeah well you know what in the last minute or so i love stories like that to hear how god puts us in the right place but there may be someone who's here going, hey, I'm, I'm not going to do apartment life. I'm not going to be Steve and Diane, but I, I still want to have just maybe a practical suggestion about how I can be a good neighbor to where I'm at. Could you have maybe like one or two practical suggestions? Um, in your neighborhood, you could right now during this time, write a note and mm. put your phone number on it. Put it in everybody's mailbox. Yeah. And say, hey, we're here. We live down the street from you. If you need groceries, if you need your dog walked, if whatever you need. That's one practical way that you can help out. Look out for your neighbors during this time. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I love the ministry of apartment life. If it, this is the first time you've ever heard about apartment life, uh, I hope you're being inspired by what Diane and Steve have shared in their life. I'm sure we could spend, you know, another hour just talking more about stories than that. We don't happen to have it in the show that amount of time, but we can push it uh, to the website, uh, apartmentlife.org. That's apartmentlife.org. Uh, Diane, Steve, could they, if they wanted to just contact you personally, could they find your uh, email or that sort of stuff at apartmentlife.org or find someone that could, you know, ask questions of you? Absolutely. Yes. We can give you our information, too, to put on your website. No All problem. right. We'll make sure we add that uh, when you uh, maybe uh, hear this later on on a podcast or whatever it may be to pick it up on WAVA or uh, One Heart DC or good news for the city.com. little plug there for you, Dennis, right? Amen. Amen. You know, I love how this, this is really, um, uh, inspired me over my lifetime. Of course, I have lived in apartments like probably most people. And, uh, um, and so that the young story really got to me, man. I've, uh, I've been to other countries and when there were barriers in language, you know, that's kind of a tough thing, but, uh, um, so that's a, a very cool story. Thank you guys. I mean, it really does bring to life, doesn't it, Brian? And you mentioned yeah. it earlier, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, that's just a huge deal. So, uh, Steve and Diane, thank you. God bless you. Folks, if you want to know more, if you want to get information, apartmentlife.org. That's apartmentlife.org. Or if you want to listen to this again and get more information, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. Another way you can do it is wava.com. Put in the keyword good news. Look under our podcast. You can listen to it again. Or again, 
Um, even though I'm not physically in the radio station, you can still reach me there. Um, I get my messages um, all the time. 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. Thank you all again. God bless you. Hey, folks, thanks for being with us. Um, we'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.